Welcome to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old and press on to the new. Thank you for connecting with me today to listen, to learn, and to grow. If you are a subscriber, I want to say thank you and welcome back. If this is your very first time, I hope that you find this podcast to be profitable to your mind, your body, and your soul. Let me tell you that I love reading your comments. Those of you who have taken the time, I love going back and rereading them. They are a source of encouragement and they fuel my passion. I'm telling you, I just love each and every one of them. They are a confirmation that what I'm doing today, I need to continue doing tomorrow. Can I share one with you right now? I just love it. (laughs) This one says, highly recommend exclamation point. Milton's words speak to your heart. Each time I listen, it's like he knows what I'm struggling with in that moment and need to hear. I admire his combination for his love of psychology and God. With each listen, you are filled with hope. Thank you so much, Felicia Rose, for your comment. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, You'll never be enough Fear is a liar He will take your breath Stop you in your steps Fear is a liar He will rob you That was Grammy winner Zach Williams and his song Fear is a Liar. Upon completing his song, Williams said that it was for anyone who was struggling with fear today or going through something. He said, I pray that this song gives them hope. I don't know about you, but when I heard this song for the very first time, it filled me with hope and encouragement, and it empowered me to break free from some of those things that were holding me back, that I was holding on to out of fear. Let me read the chorus to you. The song says, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire because fear is a liar. And I hope that you can repeat that with me right now. Fear is a liar. Now, the more you repeat that, the more you're going to believe it and the easier it will be for you to break free from those things that have held you back from getting to your point B in life and from seeing God's plan and purpose come to fruition in your own life. You see, fear incapacitates, it handicaps, it 
paralyzes you. As an acronym, FEAR, each one of the letters stands for a word. And if you look at it, it makes so much sense because FEAR as an acronym stands for FALSE EVIDENCE APPEARING REAL. In other words, your fears are oftentimes, and I would say probably 90% of the times, they are completely false. They are manufactured in the mind. You have repeated this one idea so many times that your subconscious mind has accepted it as a truth. If you tell a child that there is a monster in his closet repeatedly over time, the little boy will start to hear voices in the closet, will start to hear noise coming from the closet, and will eventually see the monster poking its head out of the closet. That's the way the mind works. I remember hearing a story about a young mother that had been taught by her parents as a child that pools, rivers, and lakes were dangerous places to be, that surely she would die if she ever fell into the water, and therefore she was never taught how to swim. She was only taught to fear water. So as she grew up, her fear became greater. And so one day as a young mother, she was on a picnic, on an outing close to a river. And her little girl, who happened to be about three years at the time, wandered off while mom was getting lunch ready. By the time she was able to realize the little girl had wandered off over to the stream, it wasn't even a river. It was more of a stream. It really wasn't that deep, but the little girl stepped into the water. She fell and she found the water covering her completely. The mother, paralyzed in fear, didn't run toward the water, didn't rescue the child. She stood there and watched her daughter perish. You see, the irony of the story is that the water was only four feet deep. The mother could have easily run over to her and rescued her out of the water, but her fear was greater and her fear controlled every part of her being. Almost everyone is familiar with the fight or flight response that occurs when our adrenaline is activated due to imminent danger. This is uh, when a dog is chasing us, when we are walking through the wilderness and we hear a bear fight or flight is activated. We either fight the bear or we will run away. I would hope that you would run away from the bear. But there is a third response, which was the response that this woman experienced. It's the freeze response. It's when you become completely inactive and you cannot move. It's almost like that bad nightmare where you're being chased by some bad individual or a monster, and you feel like your legs are filled with concrete and you cannot move. This is exactly what this woman experienced. This paralyzing psychological phenomenon is provocated by phobias, panic attacks, obsessive compulsive behaviors, and various anxiety states that can frequently be understood as symptoms of a freeze response that never had the chance to let go or thaw out once the original experience was over. And many features of PTSD or 
post-traumatic stress disorder directly relate to this kind of unrectified trauma. Though it's almost always entirely unconscious, some circumstances in the here and now can remind you of a trauma suffered years ago. I mean, years, it could be decades ago. Never fully discharged, the original fear or panic linked to that memory compels you to react to the current day trigger as though what happened in the past is happening all over again. And so your original reaction of self-paralysis can't help but repeat itself. It's almost as if you've gone completely blank and your rational faculties are missing in action. This type of maladaptive behavior in situations of extreme or exaggerated fear can only bring forth negative consequences, putting your life in harm's way and the life of other people as well. So let me tell you, if this is you, if you've experienced freezing moments in your life, uh, fears that have paralyzed you and have incapacitated you for moments at a time, if this is you, let me tell you, you're not alone. A lot of people suffer from this. Now, that doesn't make it right, though. And you don't have to live this way. There are professionals out there that can help you overcome such fears. Cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the favorite approaches in dealing with these types of situations. One of the approaches in cognitive behavioral therapy is what we call in vivo exposure which is allowing the individual that is experiencing this fear to directly face that feared object or that situation or activity in real life. For example, if someone has a fear of snakes, they might be instructed to handle a snake. Or if someone uh, suffers from social anxiety, they might be instructed to give a speech in front of an audience. Can I just be really transparent and make myself extremely vulnerable right now? <laughs> I grew up with a fear, actually a phobia. It's called trypanophobia. Yes, trypanophobia and hemophobia. Now, trypanophobia is the fear of needles. Yes, you're probably listening right now and thinking, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I suffer from. And hemophobia is the fear of blood, of course. So do you get the connection between the two, needles and blood? Oh, yeah. So every time I had to go to the doctor to get a physical and uh, they had to draw blood, oh, I can't even explain to you the fear that would overcome me. I would break out in a cold sweat. I would feel heart palpitations. My muscles would contract and my legs would become so heavy, making it difficult to walk. So what exactly was causing my body to react this way? Well, my mind was sending a signal to my hypothalamus and uh, there was a hypothalamic reaction that took place. It sent a signal down to my adrenal glands and my adrenal glands secreted cortisol and cortisol, uh, as, it, uh, as it increased in my body, in my bloodstream, it caused my heart to beat faster, my muscles to tighten up. It caused me to break out into a cold sweat to get tunnel vision and to either fight, fly, or freeze. So do you see the mind-body connection? I hope you do. What I want you to realize is that just as my mind has the power to cause my body in a split second to release a high dose of cortisol into my bloodstream, causing my whole physiology to shift 
And it all happened in a split second. Our mind has that power. And so just as we can do that, we can also do the complete polar opposite. In other words, there are techniques that you can learn to help you overcome the feelings of fear or to reduce the levels of anxiety that you are experiencing in your physiology. There is guided imagery, uh, tapping, and diaphragmatic breathing, just to name a few. So you're probably asking, okay, Milton, well, (laughs) did you ever overcome your fear of needles and blood? Well, let me tell you, I must have been about 32 years old, and I was visiting the uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Now, if you've ever been there before, you know that more than a hospital, it seems like a city. It is huge. Uh, You need a map just to get around. Otherwise, you'll easily get lost. Well, I was there, and I was needing to provide several, not just one blood sample, several vials of blood as I was being added to the International Bone Marrow Donors Registry. Now, was I doing this voluntarily? Uh, Not really. I would love to say that I was so valiant and courageous to drive all the way over there and to put myself on this list. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I was kind of pushed into that situation. And of course, you know, pride kicked in. Was I going to say no? Of course not. I wasn't going to look like the scaredy cat. (laughs) I went ahead and went through it. But I remember that I was given uh, a form, a prescription, and asked to go to the lab. And uh, the lab was about a 15-minute walk from where I was at. And I remember walking down that hallway. The more I walked, my tunnel vision got greater. I could just see through a pinhole, and it was an eerie feeling. It was like being in a scary movie. I could hear my heart beating, and I could feel the cold sweat as I walked all the way over to the lab. Now, let me tell you, as as a Christian, there was a verse that I kept on repeating to myself because I believe uh, that as we as we repeat uh, certain uh, statements or declarations and we believe them that they of course affect our subconscious mind and they can empower us they have the potential to empower us so as i walked over i repeated i can do all things through christ who gives me strength i can do all things through christ who gives me strength and the closer i got to the lab the weaker my voice became. (laughs) Yes, I could hardly say it as I sat in that chair and the young nurse came over and poked me. Not once, not twice, seven times. And she was having such a hard time finding my veins. I looked at her with dismay and I said, could you just get it right this time, please? I was about to die in that chair, let me tell you. I hadn't passed out yet. But I knew it was soon to happen. I quickly started to practice diaphragmatic breathing, slowly breathing in through my nose, exhaling out through my nose very slowly to lower my levels of cortisol and to elevate my levels of oxytocin, bringing a sense of peace to my overall body. And it worked. On the eighth poke, (laughs) the nurse was finally able to draw enough blood to fill several vials. That moment was my greatest form of therapy. It was my in vivo exposure 
what I mentioned a while ago to you as one of the approaches within cognitive behavioral therapy, it worked. I confronted my greatest fear. And just like the song says, fear is a liar. There was nothing, nothing tangibly within the moment of needles and blood that could cause me to feel the way that I felt for so many years, for 32 years. I had to gain control over myself, realizing that my mind had the potential to direct the course of my life, to direct my reactions, to direct the the way that I felt, and that I would no longer allow my emotions and my feelings to take over and dominate me, controlling my outcomes. So once again, stop right there where you're at and repeat after me. Fear is a liar. We are reminded through scripture that fear is not something that we are genetically uh, coded with. It's not something that we're born with, but it's something that we acquire through our own life experiences. You see, Paul told Timothy, his young disciple, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that is our default mode. It is not fear. Now listen to me again. Your default mode is not fear. It is power, love, and a sound mind. The recent pandemic, which has brought forth pandemonium in our world today, has created in many individuals an increased level of anxiety and fear. I honestly believe that a lot more people are going to die from anxiety-related issues than from COVID-19. The suicidal hotline has increased its activity by a thousand percent. And just as we're seeing so many people perish from this COVID-19, we're also going to see a lot of other people that are going to be perishing because they're taking their own lives or they're dying from anxiety-related issues because their cortisol is, is, is at a high every single day during this pandemic, causing them to develop hypertension, uh, cardiac arrest, um, fibromyalgia, chronic arthritis, diabetes, and so many other ailments that are psychologically induced. Yes, psychologically induced. Let me tell you that over 75% of the illnesses that people are dealing with today are psychosomatic. They have been created within the mind, causing the body to go into a state of, of atrophy, bringing forth all these different diseases. Sometime back in the 70s in Oklahoma, a railroad worker who was in charge of supervising the train cars would would hop on each one of the cars at a certain station and make sure that they were in tip-top condition. This particular worker was a notorious warrior. He worried about everything and usually feared the worst. One midsummer day, he was climbing into one of the refrigerated boxcars. And while he was still inside, another worker accidentally locked him in. He quickly realized his predicament. He knew that the train was going on a three-day trip, and he understood that given the condition of that boxcar, because it was refrigerated, because it was very cold, that he would not survive but a few hours. He was going to freeze to death, and so he took his 
clipboard and his pen, and he started to write a letter to his family, and he explained what had happened. He explained what he was feeling. He explained that his body was becoming numb, that his hands, that his extremities were starting to freeze up, and that soon he would perish. And those were actually his final words. And you know what? That train ended up not going anywhere. It stayed at the station overnight. So the following morning, the rest of the crew, they slid open the heavy doors of that boxcar and they found the worker dead. An autopsy revealed that every physical sign of his body indicated that he had frozen to death just as he had foreseen, just as he had in a way prophesied over his life. And yet the refrigeration unit of that car, of that particular car, was inoperative. And the temperature inside indicated 55 degrees. This young man had killed himself by the power of worry. The boxcar was not cold enough to freeze him to death. But in his mind, it was. And that is how powerful the mind is. Fear is a pattern that your subconscious mind has learned. It could be through a series of negative events or traumatic experiences. Whenever you are facing the fearful situation, the same emotions stir up and the process gets reinforced through repetition. Remember, whatever you repeat will grow in your mind. Your goal is to break that cycle. You need to be fully aware of the negative feelings of those triggers and try to replace them with the positive ones. Solomon wrote in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And another translation says, where the mind goes, the man follows. And so we've got to be very careful of what our thought process is like because it will direct the course of our life. It'll take us to a destination, either good or bad. So reframing the mind or recalibrating the mind is going to be essential for your breaking free of this vicious, fearful, anxiety-filled cycle. With coronavirus lurking at every corner, according to social media and the news, uh, with all of the anxiety and pandemonium that it has created, the last thing that you want to do is to allow your mind to go astray, causing you to go into extreme anxiety and panic attacks, since this will definitely lower your immunity, your immune system, making you much more susceptible to any virus, making you an easy target. So you want to make sure that just as you supplement and eat healthy foods, you want to make sure that your mind is in great shape as well. Make sure that it is strong enough to withstand the terror that we are faced with on a daily basis, whether it's through news, social media, or the people closest to us that are frantic and fearful because of all the things that are happening in our world today. If you are struggling with anxiety and fear right now, I encourage you to stay away from social media. Stay away from the minute-to-minute news. Uh, Stay away from people that are wanting to feed you the news. Uh, Get to know the facts. You know, there's, there's a lot of information out there, but make sure that you know what is true. Actively remind yourself of reasons not to worry. Do as the Apostle Paul said. He says, think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. 
Also, do yourself a favor and create a new routine. I mean, if you've been stuck at home with the kids, that doesn't mean that you can't go outside. Come on. (laughs) Take off the PJs. Put on some shorts. Put on your running shoes. Go out for a run, a power walk, a bike ride. Staying cooped up inside the house isn't good for you. Get some uh, vitamin D. Expose yourself to some uh, sunlight. Break a sweat. Create some serotonin. That will help you overcome feelings of depression. Don't be afraid to do things that are low contact, enjoyable, and healthful. Occupy your mind with relaxing hobbies, whether you play the piano, the guitar, or you read a book, you like to paint, perhaps play a board game, or simply meditate. Go out into a quiet place and meditate or pray or worship. All of these activities have the potential to calm your mind and prevent you from reaching for your phone or your computer and falling into a downward uh, online social media spiral of despair. And by all means, if you are suffering from extreme fear and extreme anxiety, do yourself a favor. Don't hesitate. Seek professional help. The number of clients that I am seeing in my counseling practice uh, has quadrupled in numbers, and they are specifically seeking help for anxiety and fear-related issues. Now, please understand that fear and anxiety is not selective. It affects people of all ages. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that I'm currently seeing are adolescents. They're teenagers. So, if you are a parent to a teenager, please, please keep an eye on them. Please be aware of sudden mood changes, uh, isolation, withdrawal from social interactions. Please don't take those things lightly. Make sure that you reach out to them, listen to them, and seek professional help that will guide them out of that rut that they are potentially falling into. As you deal with the issues that you are facing today, you have to approach them from a holistic uh, perspective. In other words, you can't just focus on the mind. You have to look at the mind-body connection, but it doesn't stop there. I love what Robin Sharma says. He's an author that I follow. He says that we have four interior empires, and that is mindset, heart set, soul set, and health set. Those are the four empires, the four columns that we need to focus on. We need to evaluate. As I said, we can't just focus on having the right mindset and sitting there and doing nothing about it, just having positive thoughts but not going out in exercises and ingesting the wrong food. We can't do that. We have to bring all four of those empires together in synchronicity so that we can function at a higher level. And ultimately, we need to bring our whole life holistically. We have to bring it into alignment with the Word of God. If you are a believer in Christ, you understand the importance of bringing your whole life into submission to the Word of God, bringing your mind, your body, and your soul into alignment with God's truths. One of my favorite Bible characters is David. 
And you probably grew up hearing the story in Sunday school about David and Goliath, the time when David went to the campsite to take food to his brothers that were part of uh, Saul's army, the army of Israel. And when he was there, he noticed how one of the Philistines, uh, the giant, had confronted the Israelite army, and he taunted them, and he mocked God, and he challenged them, and nobody was willing to go before this giant that was three times their size. And David said, is there not a cause? And filled with courage, he went before this giant without wearing any armor or carrying any weapons. Uh, He had no technology. All he had was a sling and a few stones, and yet the giant went before him with, with great weapons and, uh, and fully clothed in armor. And David went before him not because he was a cocky or arrogant young man. He went before him because he knew that God was God and that God was greater and that greater was he that was in him, that he that was in the world. And so he understood that God went before him and therefore he was not afraid. He was strong, tenacious and empowered by an almighty God. And of course, (laughs) you know the rest of the story. One of my favorite Psalms that was actually written by David says this, and please pay close attention. I want to share this with you today. I hope that it empowers you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Stop right there. (laughs) Stop right there and repeat after me. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Make it a habit to repeat statements that empower you. I'm not talking about uh, self-help book positive statements. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about getting in front of the mirror and saying, you're awesome, you're wonderful, you're handsome, or you're beautiful. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking God's word for what it is, truth. Taking God's word and using that in your own life as a declaration of faith, but not only declaring it, but acting on it. In other words, don't just say it. Let your actions be an outward manifestation of an inward belief. Remember, whatever you repeat will grow. Whatever you repeat will come to fruition. Whatever you repeat, you will give life to. You are one decision away from transformation. You are one decision away from breakthrough. You are one decision away from living a life of freedom. Decide to believe what God says about you. He calls you child, fearfully and wonderfully made, the apple of his eye. He says that he holds you in the palm of his hand, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that you are his creation, his masterpiece, that he knew you before the creation and the foundation of the earth. And at that point, he already had a purpose and a plan for you. He said that his purpose and plan for you is greater than you can ever imagine. That he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask for. God is God 
And above all, he's your daddy, your Abba Father. God bless you guys. Fire, he is a liar.